Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Talking Blues podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friends, my co-hosts, Alex and Peter. And I said at the end of our last episode, the Liverpool versus Chelsea first match of the 2023-24 Premier League season recap that if we got news during the week, we'd hop on the mics and record before their next match on Sunday against West Ham United, excuse me. And that is exactly what we got. We got news and we got a lot of it. So we're going to chat about it and not only chat about that news, but at the end, we will still give our lineup predictions and a little bit of a preview to Chelsea's weekend match. Alex, Peter, how sweet is it? We go against this match against Liverpool. We end up drawing with them. And we also had the news with our deleted episode uh, that Chelsea did not end up landing Casado. They end up signing Tyler Adams as kind of a backup scenario replacement sort of thing. Adams actually does not come to Chelsea. Casado actually does not go to Liverpool. And we end up with Casado. And not only Casado. But there was also Lavia that was rumored to be heading to Liverpool as well. We get him too. Both of these deals are confirmed. Uh, I don't know. I know the Casado deal is 100% confirmed by the club. Is Lavia also confirmed by the club at this point? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, here we go from Fabrizio. I mean, that's as confirmed as you're going to get, except for the we, times when he's wrong. But which is exactly what he go. said for Casado. Nope, nope, no, 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 no. He did not give a here we go. He said no here we go because Chelsea will have a chance to make another bid. And guess what happened? They made another bid. He never misses. I'm telling you. The here we go, 100% confirmed. I and have also no in doubt. Orange, in orange what about Tyler Adams? It's double. But that doesn't count because we were going to sign him and then we realized we could get Lavia. But like that doesn't fit my narrative of Fabrizio being the GOAT. So doesn't count. I'm going to pretend it's he never or- tweeted it's, it. It's double confirmed. It's Orenstein and... Mm. Uh, Fabrizio confirmed. And like but. a bunch of minor journalists too. So like if they're all wrong, then something's clearly, clearly like something crazy happened. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. this saga was crazy. So I mean, it could happen, but <laughs> but probably not. Anyway, so uh, apparently, according to my co-host, Casado, well, I said was confirmed and Lavia apparently is also confirmed. So we have that done now. Uh, we also have Olise maybe coming to Chelsea soon. And uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff as well. Okay, but anyway, before I completely give away our episode right here in the intro, Alex, Peter, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I was already doing well after the draw, you know? We played very well, and now we're adding two quality players. So we're going to play even better, hopefully, during the weekend and the rest of the season. So I'm actually doing great. This is the most exciting I've been for Chelsea in like the past year, probably, honestly. And of course, it's the transfer market, not actual games, because we can't do that here. Yeah, that's that's, I think, a fair description. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, we'll talk about the players specifically in a second, but, uh, you know, beating out a, a huge rival in Liverpool, the two key signings, uh, two signings that not only benefit us, but also hurt them drastically, uh, as they're going to be scrambling in the DM market, uh, for the remainder, you know, 15 days of the transfer window. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what they do, but yeah, really, really happy about that. And, uh, you know, excited to see what else, you know, happens. We got the Olise rumors that you, uh, um, mentioned on earlier on Josh which we'll get into in a, a you know shortly after uh, we talk about the two confirmed signings um, so still a lot of movement here from Chelsea probably some outgoings coming soon as well but yeah I'm ex- uh, I'm excited to get into it and uh, I'll pass it back to Josh I mean I'll, I'll let Peter get the first dabble like I say to him I'm a generous guy like that well me I Josh do you want to get any thoughts out first before you know I take everything either of you guys would want to say 
I mean, I, I just want to kind of go into Casado a little bit in the way of, of the sp like specific facts here that, like we said, it was one of the biggest kind of transfer sagas in, in recent memory. Uh, but he is now a $150 million player, or not dollar, it would be pound player. Um, you know, the U.S. the U.S. money stuff, you know how it is. Um, his value... Say 115 or 100? 115, 115. Yeah, yeah, okay, I was just making sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. double-checking my stats that I'm reading right off the Guardian article. I, I see you, Alex. I thought you said 150, all right, sorry. I didn't we remember I his value play. has risen drastically beyond all expectations since he ended up joining Brighton for $4.5 in February of 2021. Uh, and Chelsea, who ended up having to pay more than they anticipated because of Liverpool's actions last week, are inevitably having to uh, deal with more criticism about their wild spending after deciding to break the British transfer record for the second time this year. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, and then that's the thing. It didn't even stop uh, at Casino because then we ended up Signing Lavia as well, so uh, just pretty funny stuff there. Okay, Peter, go ahead and take the next 10 minutes to yourself. Oh, thank you, Josh. That's so kind of you. Well, I was going to kind of focus on what you're saying about breaking the British transfer fee two times in the same year. I was going to let Alex kind of talk about the positives, and I would just say the fact that we ended up with the players, so it doesn't really matter. But the negotiations for Casado were horrible. I don't know how many people were able to uh, watch the original... Uh, the original talking when we talked about Casado going to Liverpool and not Chelsea, where I kind of mentioned the same thing, where we could have paid an a hundred million to get him two months ago, and now we're having to pay a hundred fifteen million plus Adams and a sell-on clause to get him when we could have had him two months ago. He would have already been here, would have had to learn the tactics already, could have had it completely done, wouldn't have had to be a big saga for that price. Horrible negotiations, but we get the play. Same thing with Lavia. I he's It's definitely an overpayment for him. I don't think that goes without question. But we get a player who's only 19. He's already shown he can do it in the prep. Super, super talented. So much potential. And I don't think anyone's complaining about the money being spent. Because in the end, it's not our money, is it? And Todd Bowley, at this point, seems like he has literally just an infinite money glitch. He's just not going to stop spending. Obviously, as like we were talking about, Olise is going to join, hopefully, probably, soon for even more we were there's rumors of bringing in another goalkeeper but an inexpensive one i'm pretty sure at this point we're just signing everybody we want but i just want to say this is like the dream midfield rebuild we could have had going from unfortunately a washed conte injury prone conte kovacic who i'm a big fan of kovacic mount going out and then bringing in these three who are arguably three if not the three most talented and most promising midfielders in the prem it's just great to see and i think that I'm just so happy about it. It's like, I really, I was just smiling as I'm talking because it's insane to think about going into the year that we would have had these three midfielders. Well, I mean, towards the start of last season, going into 2023, where it was looking awful, then getting Enzo in January and now getting them here. It's just an incredible rebuild. It's an incredible job by everybody. Sure, we overpaid, but at the end of the day, who has the great players? Uh, not Liverpool, who may end up with Tyler Adams, which I just find very funny. I saw that one report. Probably fake or not confirmed, probably not happening, but if they end up with Tyler Adams, it would be. Looks like I did see that, yeah. but there was a report that they were interested, and that just shows how desperate they are, and I just love to see that. Chelsea up, Liverpool down. It's just it's just great to see. I just love it. Yeah, just getting into a couple more details before I give my opinion. Um, so it's uh, eight or eight-year contract plus an additional option year, so nine years total, um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the fee's 115 million euro, 
including 15 million add-on. So it's 100 million plus 15 in add-ons, but they're very achievable add-ons. So pretty much 115 million euros. You mentioned the sell-on clause already, Peter, so I'm not going to touch on that. Um, my thoughts about it, it is a holy overpay, don't get me wrong, but uh, like Peter said, when you have the un unlimited money glitch, it's not that big of a deal, I guess. It is kind of upsetting uh, when you look at it in terms of how the negotiations went that um, you know Liverpool ended up offering 110 million, so Chelsea had to beat that in order to get him, but you know when Chelsea could have probably had him for 90 to 95 million euro if they had put that package together before the you know, bidding war at the very end where they had that deadline. It was, um, you know, whoever bids highest by midnight or whatever gets the player. So, um, you know, obviously some mis-executed, I should say, uh, negotiations by Todd Bowley and, um, you know, all the Chelsea negotiators on that front. But I'm happy we got the player. Yes, he only had one year of production in the Prem so far, but it was a year of quality production. And I'm excited to see what he can do alongside Enzo and I think it's going to be a really potent combo for, you know, years, a decade to come uh, if you look at their contract legs. So certainly uh, a lot to look forward to as Chelsea fans. And then I'll transition to Lavia. Uh, Lavia, uh, we have uh, Here We Go. We didn't have an official announcement. We got Here We Go from Fabrizio. We got an Ornstein bomb. Um, so the agreement is 53 million euro plus 5 million add-ons. Um, so medical is coming up in the next few days. Terms are, you know, being finalized. But it is all but confirmed at this point that Lavia will be coming to Chelsea uh, as he preferred uh, Chelsea to Liverpool because of Chelsea's approach for him uh, on deadline day last year. Um, so that was pretty much one of the swaying factors here for Lavia. So interesting. Uh, Chelsea actually bid 50 million euro uh, last transfer deadline day, if that makes any sense, last summer. Um, and to be honest, they're only paying, assuming you know you get half the add-ons, only about 5 million euro more uh, after a great season, obviously, that Lavia had with all the hype that he's gotten over this past season. So really not super bad if you think about the fact that they had 50 million rejected last summer, uh, and now they're only paying there or thereabouts 55 million. So I'm excited for this move. 19 years old, he's young, got a lot of potential, he's quality on the ball, um, and I'm excited to see how Poch decides to use him, especially considering the fact that we have Caicedo now. Can Caicedo, Lavia, and Enzo coexist in one lineup? I don't know. I'll leave that to you for you two to decide and talk about uh, when you give your opinions on it. But yeah, I'm super excited for the Lavia signing. And uh, I think it's, you know, 55 million is a lot, 58 million, excuse me. But uh, I think it's well worth it for a player of his quality and potential. Yeah. So according to uh, Jan Zolli, the senior writer for ESPN SC, um, it's actually, it's pretty interesting because so the personal terms like you said alex so we're recording this at 11 p.m here eastern time uh, 10 hours or five hours ago excuse me is when ollie wrote this saying that uh, the personal terms are not expected to be an issue in the 19 year old will undergo a medical later this week ahead of a move to stanford bridge liverpool had previously put in a 60 mil bid so chelsea 58 mil is two miles shorter than liverpool's however this is another time just like casado where the player you know, being Lavia, Romeo Lavia, expressed his desire to join Chelsea, which allowed the Blues to get him for a cheaper fee. It's just very, it's not interesting to me, but it's it's um it's not, it's just cool. It's nice to know that um, you know, Chelsea is still a wanted club even after the horrendous season that was last year. Uh, that players haven't given up this being a desired destination for many. 
And now to see two players go at it and um, not like Liverpool is like, oh my God, Chelsea arch rivals. But it is just funny, especially after we played them, um, that Liverpool is is the club that gets rejected by these two players and saying, nah, we, we, we'd rather go to Chelsea than you guys, not going to lie. Uh, is that what I think is just kind of the coolest part uh, here? That's really all I wanted to say, Peter. And then uh, you can you can kind of take over from there. But I found it interesting a little bit that you know even though Liverpool's bid was two million more than Chelsea's, uh, Lavia just preferred to go to the better club than Chelsea. And, and you know I agree with them. Well, I think it's kind of I, I'm just going to extend what you were saying. Well, if you think about it, all these players are buying. They're about twenty. When they're growing up, they see. Chelsea, they see us win the Champions League, they see us win the Prem as they're growing up. Then in Lavia's case, obviously, he he also has Hazard playing at Chelsea too. And I mean, and if people watch the Casado announcement video, the first one, there's the picture. Sure, it was only a few years ago, but he's wearing the Chelsea jersey with his mom back when he was still in Ecuador. You can see that these teams they saw success in the past. And right now, they all all they saw was Chelsea being such a such a successful club. And they grow up with that in their heads. And so they know how ambitious we are. They know how good we are. They see our project we have right now. And they think, okay, well, I saw what they can do in the past. I can see what they can do in the future. Why would I not want to join? And I think that's just great to see. Like you said, Josh, that even after uh, a season where we don't have to talk about what happened in the season, but a bad season, we'll say, everyone still sees the potential we have because they know how good Chelsea has been and how good Chelsea will continue to be in the future. And then to go back to Alex's point, uh, which seems like forever ago, uh, about whether Lavia, Casado, and Enzo can coexist in a midfield. I think they actually have good balance. Uh, I forget exactly who posted it, but I saw a graphic uh, on Twitter where they showed basically a web, if you've ever seen them, a graphic web of basically all their statistics, like progressive passes per 90, tackles one per 90, recoveries per 90, uh, dribble success, and literally it covered the entire thing. It was literally a perfect three. You have Casado, who's definitely more of a defensive defensive midfielder lobby is kind of a hybrid but also more defensive and then enzo as we know can work as a defensive pivot but obviously i mean you saw it in literally the first game of the season the only time since he's been here where he's been able to actually go forward and have creative freedom and the opportunity to go forward how good of a game he had man of the match performance arguably the best game he's played under us when he's able to have that license to go forward and i don't see how they can't all work together because they literally all complement each other perfect and that's literally like my dream midfield three they have everything you could ever want in a midfield and they're all so young they all are on prison sentence long <laughs> contracts eight basically the next decade we're going to have this midfield so by in like three years from now if we don't spend a hundred million on somebody else to replace one of them if they end up doing poorly we're going to have a great midfield with great chemistry and this is going to be so so fun to watch because by that point everyone else in the team will have developed and will have such a great team around them too. It's just going to be, I'm very excited. I'm excited for this year. Then I'm also excited for what we're going to see in five years once all of these players start to develop. Because right now we, I can understand people still being shaky, but no one can deny that in three, four years, if our players live up to the potential they have, we're going to be a scary, 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 scary team. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I'll, I'll transition now. We got so many signings to talk about. We got to move on. Um, we got uh, Olise now from Crystal Palace. Apparently, um, Ornstein came out with his bomb, as always, um, saying that Chelsea are going to activate Crystal Palace's 35 million euro uh, release clause for Olise, or I should say Olise's 35 million euro 
uh, clause. He's 21 years old, um, you know, slot in perfectly as one of our attackers at a 4-2-3-1. Um, you know, I three at the back. I have no idea where you would slot in, but a promising young attacker. He's still recovering from injury right now. I believe he'll be back in September, if I remember correctly, um, looking at his injury timeline for when he was first rumored to us. And uh, it does sound like we is inching closer to joining Chelsea. Uh, once again, I'll repeat the fee, 35 million euros there or thereabouts. So we'll see what happens with that. There have been some weird like tampering allegations uh, that Chelsea had been doing some uh, shady stuff behind the scenes with Olise. I'm not going to get into that because there hasn't really been anything that's been backed up to say that that has happened yet. Um, so I'm you know, not really going to get into that. But I'm just going to say for now, I'm hoping... Uh, that's just other clubs being salty right now, but we'll see. Well, you you think Elise signing is mainly directed towards, uh, because of the Nkunku injury, Chelsea want to bring in another uh, attacker that can play up front, and Elise can definitely do that job well. Alex, um, you know, kind of backing up your part about the injury, I did see that it says he's expected to be back shortly. So hopefully that is uh, September if we have to wait another 15 days or so. And you would think with this uh, signing that Chelsea makes because of the Nkunku injury, that that means uh, Christopher Nkunku won't be back. I mean, we know about the four months, but it honestly could mean longer than we than we know. Or maybe Chelsea just, they don't know the exact timeline with Nkunku. And he could be returning maybe not until 2024, if not later, into next year. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Uh, but but I did kind of that was kind of my initial reaction when I saw the signing because it was unexpected to me. So when they made it, I was like, mm, that that doesn't look good for Nkunku. Uh, and honestly, those are my original thoughts about it. Nothing against Michael Elise. Um, he's a very good player and he played very well for Crystal Palace. And this release clause is honestly in, in this current market, not too crazy uh, to pay for. But that does put Chelsea at the like 1 billion mark in the last 12 months of total spending. So, you know, there's, there's your figure, uh, groundbreaking figure for you. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's my original, my, my, my first thoughts on the signing. I think that's fair, but I also think it's important to note that even before the Nkunku injury, there were reports from, I don't remember who that was a long time ago, but in preseason, uh, that we were looking for someone like we were also linked to Mohamed Kudus from AX. And he also plays in a similar profile to Olise, where they can play in the middle at Cam or on the wing, which they both were. And I think we were interested before that. But I definitely do think that the Nkungu injury definitely could probably gave uh, Chelsea more motivation to get it done. Uh, but Olise himself is obviously injured. So I don't know how much of a direct replacement to Nkungu's injury it is if it's not just, like you said, the release clause being good in this current market and we see a promising player in a, p a profile that we need that we can add to our already insane amount of youngsters who have great, great potential, I think he will come in and obviously since Nkunku is injured for so long, I hope that Olise's injury is not as bad as that and he'll be back soon enough. I would assume that based on us actually activating the clause that we uh, that Chelsea themselves agree with what I'm saying right now. But I definitely think he's just a prom another promising player that we can add to our already loaded list in a profile that we need. Really, really like assigning super, super talented. But then again, who isn't talented that Chelsea are signing at this point? All right. And then our final, uh, I guess, move here that is our in outgoing, I should say, our first outgoing. Actually, there we go. Let me let me translate that um, to outgoing. Uh, Lewis Hall 
uh, is rumored to be heading to Newcastle, possibly on loan. There's some financial fair play issues, uh, which is what Fabrizio has been saying. I'm kind of confused about what that means because he would like Newcastle having financial fair play deals, but issues, I should say, but isn't that like a loan? So would it be that big of a deal? Like Lewis Hall's wages could not be that big. I know he just got a new contract, but I can't imagine it's that big of an issue. So interesting tweet from Fabrizio. I'll read the exact thing, actually, because I was confused by maybe if you hear it, you'll be like, oh, Alex, you're dumb. And it's pretty simple. But Newcastle are keen on signing Lewis Hall from Chelsea as new fullback as Crystal Palace deal is in the standby. Hall signed new six-year deal at Chelsea, but could leave on loan. Not easy to find way due to FFP, but Newcastle interest is genuine. So is that on the Chelsea side, which I can't imagine it is because it's an outgoing um, or would that be on the Newcastle side? But then that also doesn't make sense because it couldn't cost that much as a loan. But anyway, uh, I'll send it to you guys over for quick thoughts on that. I mean, I'm also kind of confused. Uh, I agree. I would ass- also assume it's on the Newcastle side because I don't see how us loaning out Lewis Hall would suddenly tip the balance of FFP when we are literally closing an agreement to sign a player for $60 million. So I would have to assume that it is on Newcastle's side. But, I mean, who knows at this point? I thought Crystal Palace would have been a better move for him, especially because, if you think about it, Newcastle at at this current time are literally one of our rivals for top four, and I think Lewis Hall is going to be a very good player, whether he does play wing-back for them, which I think he will, but he can also play in the midfield. He's a very talented player, and loaning him to a side which we are directly competing against to get back into the Champions League, maybe not Champions League, just European football in general, I think that's dangerous, especially when he's someone of his quality. But, I mean, it might not even happen, like you said, because of the FFP regulations. I'm not a fan. I would prefer if we could restart the talks to Palace, but I don't really know what's going on. I don't think a lot of people know what's going on, but I guess we'll just see what happens, and maybe by the time uh, after the game on Sunday, we'll actually have a resolution. But as of now, not really a fan. Well, from what I'm reading here, Alex, and I don't know if this this has anything to do uh, with the Fabrizio report about the confusion there, uh, but from what I'm reading here on the on the side of Newcastle is that um, instead of having them loan him to Palace or, or another club, uh, Chelsea seems to be looking towards changing their mind and actually potentially sanctioning a permanent exit. Um, so that could be uh, what is going on and why the whatever what, I don't know the exact words that you mentioned with with Fabrizio, but that could be the reason for that. Um, is that they're they're trying to figure out the money standards if they were to inst- not loan him out, but instead um, sign him fully and he would become a Newcastle United player. I would like that even less. I'll just jump in here. I know you talked about Alex directly, but that would be even less so because I think he is very, very promising. But uh, I would just say, Newcastle, my part Saudi friends, you can have Mark Cucurella. He has very nice hair. I think your fans will like him a lot. Very nice guy. You guys can have him on loan if you want instead of Lewis Hall. I'm just proposing that if if they're interested all right and then our final uh you know a quicker thing here um it's delvid washington uh is expect or it was here we go confirmed i believe now here wait let me bring up the tweet so i'm not sounding uh stupid i don't want to miss up any of the details uh david washington sorry why i got delvid the i and l mixed up uh has signed his contract completed medical as a new chelsea player we talked about this uh, I want to say a couple episodes ago, but I just want to bring it up because it is now official and confirmed. Um, he is joining from Santos, 2005, born striker, 
he is joining 16 million euro plus 4 million euro add-on deal. Uh, and he is apparently, it sounds like, going out immediately on loan to Strasbourg. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, anyone have any thoughts on that before we go to lineup predictions? I'll just say about the Lewis Hall FFP things. If we were, if it was on our side, we would not be signing another Brazilian teenager for a large fee if we were really worried about FFP. But that's it. Fair enough. All right, Josh, you uh, ready to move on to the uh, lineups? Yeah, yeah, let's predictions. Do it. Yeah. All right, sounds good. I'll, I'll, you want me to go with mine first? I don't, <laughs> I'll I don't know. Mine. You were talking. You were talking. So I mean, you kind of you should have just continued it instead of asking. Sorry, sorry. You ruined the flow, man. Come on, unbelievable. Oh. I know I suck. All right, um, I'll I'll get into mine. I think we all might have different formations, or one of us does, or someone does. I don't know who. Um, so just announce your formation before you get into it, and then uh, just go defense, midfield, and attack, and we'll do it all three separately anyway. So um, wait, so- are we? Are you saying say we all say the formation now, and then we go into the lineup, or you say the formation before saying the lineup? Before you say your lineup. So like okay. I'm saying okay. it right now. Like I have a three four three going into it. Uh, or actually, no, I have a three-five-two. Um, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I have three-five-two. I'm gonna say they're sticking same shape. Uh, or Chelsea's gonna stick in the same shape as they had against Liverpool. Uh, in goal, I got Sanchez, Desasi, Silva, and Colwell as my defense with James and Chilwell at wing backs. I think. Well, okay. The thing is about Poch is that in the uh, in the presser, he said that he kind of had the formation which looked like a three back was kind of a four at the back anyway with Colwell at left back more so and then having the wing allowing the wing backs to kind of push up which I thought was interesting but that being said I think that it ended up being more of a three back anyway but I have him going back to a four to three one which we did in preseason mostly I have Reese James at right back then Thiago Sofa and Levi Colwell and then Ben Shilwell on the left uh, I, I have Chelsea not switching it up. I have the same thing as last time. I think Alex do the same formation, right? The three five two, uh, and that is what I have Chelsea going with in this match. Uh, Chan- Sanchez, same thing, starting in goal. Desasi, Silva, Colwell, and Reese James uh, in my back. I'm just going to keep going. Um, we have Enzo Fernandez and Connor Gallagher again. Gallagher was a little iffy with the ball in the first half against Liverpool, but I think he definitely uh, got better as the game went on and actually got an appreciation post today from the Chelsea social team. So that was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty interesting, I guess. Uh, and then Ben Chilwell there as well. Uh, for my midfield, as I said, I was doing the 4-2-3-1 that we practiced. So I guess I'll do the two DMs and the cam as of now. And I have Enzo Fernandez and then the new signing, Moises Caicedo next to him as the two CDMs. And then I have Carney Chukumeka starting at cam. I don't think we're going to play a 4-3-3 or something because I don't think Lavia will be ready in time, especially because we haven't officially signed him yet. I would love to see it, though, but I just don't think it's going to happen. In my midfield, I got Enzo, Caicedo, um, and then Chukwemeka at the 10, and then my two forwards, I got Sterling and Jackson, same as against Liverpool. And that's my uh, 3-5-2 right there. For me, the three, I have Nicholas Jackson, of course, starting up top. And then I have Raheem Sterling starting on the right, who I think surprised me coming into the game. I thought he was going to have a horrible game, and instead he only had a solid game, which I was very happy about. It kind of, I talked to the people about this, was that he kind of, he was good because he facilitated play to Reese James, and we played through Reese James a lot, which I think he did very well. And then on the left, obviously didn't get a start, did miss a winner close to the 90th minute. I have Mikhailo Mudrik. Hopefully he can actually get around the keeper and score this time instead of 
I mean, he didn't really mess it up, but he kind of messed it up. But I also am kind of just don't want to say that because we paid so much for him. But I have him starting on the left. Hopefully, he can get his first goal this season. And then up front for me, I have Raheem Sterling and Nico Jackson. Um, if you can't tell, I have the exact same lineup as na- uh, as last match. And no, no Caicedo starting for me. I think he comes off the, the bench and makes an appearance in this one or just doesn't play at all. Um you know, Alex and Peter gave me a little bit of side eye when we when we put our you know when we talked about it before. And, and, and uh, Alex did. Alex did. I said it was a completely reasonable take. Okay. I I, ve- I think you have. I said you had good moral knowledge because I don't know how ready he'll be and if he'll know the tactics. But don't throw shade at Alex. I I don't appreciate this. I'm catching strays right now. Come on now. Hey, no, Peter. I th- I think you deserve the uh you deserve the strays too. Don't don't. I don't want to be single handedly attacked here. You know what? We we were both skeptical. I literally defended I him. I defended him. No, 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 no. You're alone here, buddy. I agree with Josh, and I could see the possibility that he doesn't play. I think he would at least get a sub appearance, but I could see him not starting, and I could see Gallagher starting. I have Casado in my lineup because I think we'll want to show him off. But Josh, your take is completely reasonable, and I appreciate you switching it up. Thank you. All right, I think the only thing left is score predictions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go ahead. You... Okay, <laughs> you don't have to ask. You go ahead. I'm a polite guy. I like waiting. So kind of I want to make sure we're all, you know, on on schedule here. All right, my score prediction. I'm gonna go one nil Chelsea win. Don't think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be tight. Eighty plus minute late goal. Nico Jackson, bang. Caicedo assist. Ooh. Bold take. I don't know how much assisting he will do from the deeper CDM uh, spot, but I personally have a 2-1 win. I think Enzo gets an assist from more advanced position, and I think Mudrik also gets his goal in the end from like a through ball from Chilwell, we'll say. And I think the goal from West Ham, he obviously just signed James Ward-Prowse. I think he will will commit a silly foul. Someone will maybe Colwell, still a bit inexperienced. Not really because he played at Brighton, but my kind of, that's my kind of thinking. And then James Ward-Prowse, as we know, arguably the best free kick taker in the world. He's going to score one if we give away any silly fouls. So I'm just going to assume one of the, silly, of the silly fouls we do will end in a goal. And um, for me, it's pretty crazy. Remember, I, I was the one who predicted a 2-0 loss for Chelsea against Liverpool. I have a 3-1 victory for Chelsea over West Ham United in this match. I gained a lot of confidence from what I saw, and I really hope they don't let me down in this game. Uh, but after last week's match, I don't know. I, Chelsea really gave me a whole lot of confidence in the club. And made me kind of buy back, and it's something that I've not been able to witness for any of you American fans uh, with my beloved New York Yankees here as a, as a baseball fan and a Yankees fan. Um, they, they have had the worst season possible ever. Um, and so basically in like the last like 10, 20-ish years, um, and the reason I'm making this comparison, sorry, let me actually bring up why, is because They've made me have no hope to buy back. And after last season with Chelsea, I was very skeptical on how long it was going to take them to kind of win me back. And it's really sad to say, but uh, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, a breakup and you still really like the girl because immediately if she texts you again after, you know, you break up and she's like, yeah, do you want to hang out again? you just immediately fall back in love because that's what happened after this last match. So, um, you know, a lot about this, Josh. Yeah, I do. And you don't. You know, it was a good reference. You <laughs> had to say that. Can you? All right, I apologize. No, now we're gonna. Nope. I'm gonna have to redo it. I made amazing again. I saw no, no, no. I saw the opportunity. I saw the opportunity, and I had to take it. No, sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just had to. It was too good. It was too good to pass up. See, and now since we all talked, I was gonna say just cut that out. But you know what? I guess keep it at this point. It was a really good 
freaking thing. I had a great thing going and Peter had to cut it in there. I, I really don't understand it. But you know what? God damn it. Yeah, yeah. God Alex, don't you agree? I was cooking. Wait, right, let's turn down the cursing a bit, Alex. That's a bit that's a bit extreme here. We like to keep it we like to keep it civil here, okay? Calm down. Let's just close the episode out before it gets too heated here. I don't wanna come out calm down on Jamal. Don't pull out the nine. Okay, fine. Yeah, I think it's for the best of, of all three of us if we just wrap this one up for everyone listening to. Um, yeah, so Chelsea play West Ham United, like I said after last episode. If you haven't listened already, go listen to that recap against Liverpool. But it's a same day, same time next week, Sunday, August 20th at 11.30 a.m. Chelsea, West Ham. That's 4.30 p.m. for everyone watching in the U.K. What you can do to help support us is subscribe to the podcast and rate us five stars uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen. Um, Alex, I don't know you. You you chime in and tell me. Have we been having some good support over the uh, the start of the season episodes? I don't look at that stuff. You do, so I I, I honestly don't know. Yes, we have it. Ha- we do appreciate it. We especially uh after hiatus. a reasonably long break or very very long hiatus slash break slash hibernation period. Yes, we we definitely really appreciate it and we're you know excited that the season's starting. A lot of good things happening. So. So all good in in our land, I guess. You yeah. So we thank you so much for the support, and thank you to keep on to keep on listening. We we ask you to do that because we will actually be having content pretty frequently. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. We will see you next time, hopefully after a Chelsea win against West Ham over the weekend. See you, go Blues. <laughs> <laughs>